0: This is Suno India production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now.
1: This is the second episode in the series on the crackdown on child marriages in Assam. Since the beginning of February, Assam's Chief Minister Himanta Biswasarma declared a quote unquote war on child marriages. The Assam police has filed about 8,000 cases against husbands, family members religious persons who were involved in the child marriages. Of these, 3,000 odd men have already been arrested. The arrests have been made under the Prohibition of Child Marriage Act 2006. This law punishes those who facilitate child marriages. The punishment is up to 2 years in jail and fine of 1 lakhs. But the law also gives the option to the minor person in the marriage to void it, That is to make the wedding invalid. The Act also has provisions to prevent child marriages where a court can pass an injunction order to stop such weddings. The other law under which arrests have been made is the protection of children from Sexual Offences Act 2012 or POCSO. This act is most stringent and can attract punishment up to life imprisonment. The child marriage law is barely implemented and there is consensus on this all around. As far as child marriage law goes. Only 1,000 odd cases were filed in the entire country in 2021. 162 such cases were filed in Assam the same year. But what happens when there is a sudden crackdown on child marriages? What could be seen as the implementation of the law? What are the consequences of this kind of punitive action? Hi, I am Menaka Rao reporting for this episode of the Suno India Show. I spoke to Bharti Ali, a long-standing child rights activist based in Delhi. She is the executive director of Hug Center for Child Rights. The organization has worked on prevention of child marriages at the community level.
2: So, uh, welcome to this podcast. I just wanted to first ask you your initial reactions on uh, the crackdown on child marriages in Assam and what are the consequences of such crackdowns where you know people are penalized for child marriages like what happens uh, what has happened and you know from what you know and what is likely to happen
0: yeah so I my first reaction is that this was completely unwarranted uh, not needed uh, when you look at uh, data with respect to child marriages in the state of Assam we understand that Assam is on the higher side, uh, you know, when you look at Bihar, Rajasthan, Andhra, Assam comes next. Uh, but uh, at the same time, data is also telling us that there has been a decline in child marriages in the state of Assam. Uh, if you start looking uh, at data from NFHS 3 to NFHS 5, there's a substantial uh, decline in that. So it was uh, around 38.6% in 2005 6 and now it's 31.8% you can't ignore that decline. And much of this decline has not happened because of law. This has happened because of various other factors at play. Uh, despite the fact that uh, many of the poorer uh, regions in Assam are under floods, there's displacement for some of the other reason, uh, there, there, are uh, there's very high poverty, uh, you know. So 42% of child marriages in Assam actually can be accounted from the 20% poorest areas in the state. So we've got to look at that as well. Uh, so therefore, I say that this, this uh, you know, using law as a tool was completely unwarranted, and the manner in which it has happened is a complete violation of human rights of people. So arrests are made suddenly without giving any notices to people, uh, and uh, you know, from husbands to fathers to brothers to sons to just about you know every other man, they found they've caught uh, hold of. And we all know that you know uh, even the even uh, you know women's uh, participation in workforce has actually declined in Assam. So uh, women's job opportunities have declined sharply. So women are not working; it's men largely who are working. So just imagine what the situation must be like to have your bread earner uh, behind bars we've also had stories of pregnant women you know who've had uh, no one to take them to the hospital for delivery because the man was arrested and uh, we've heard stories of uh, ch- you know uh, uh, children dying at the time of you know uh, new newborns dying at the time of delivery as a result or women's health at risk as a result uh, suicide. We don't know how many, but uh, yeah, we did hear a, a one-off story about suicide as well. So the implications are far too many, and uh, I think when you put in years of work to bring a change, and then suddenly this kind of action happens, that change comes to a stall, and it's going to be at a stall for a long time. So if you if you think that the law is going to suddenly be a, be that magic wand and things will change. People are actually not going to be receptive to Anganwadi workers, to ASHA workers, uh, to the uh, Panchayat leaders, because these are the people who were used for the crackdown, who were used to actually give information, uh, which was then used for the crackdown. So people have definitely lost faith in, in, uh, you know, approaching the government functionaries. The civil society organizations, too, stand at a loss. Uh, as I said, you know, when once there is breach of trust, it takes many, many more years to, you know, build that trust again. So it's it's really uh, something which we have to think about. Uh, a lot more work will have to be done. The COVID forced a lot of uh, child marriages, child labor, you know, so that had given us a setback already. And then actions like this give you further setback is what i'd say uh,
2: at this point do you want to also explain what are the major causes of child marriage and why did uh, uh, and if the causes are social then why do you have a legislation for it right so laws have to be there
0: it's not to say that you don't need a law but uh you know the law also has to be based on um, changes that are happening in the society and 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 uh, the fact that the society looks at certain, uh, you know, personal matters like marriage and divorce very differently. Uh, so we are a country which is diverse. We have uh, different religions. We have uh, people from different ethnic backgrounds. And child marriage is something that has prevailed amongst uh, several communities, whether it's tribal communities or Muslim community, or it's, it's, it's been there amongst several communities and in different pockets. Um, in fact I mean I uh, I know in Delhi sitting in Delhi I know there are there is a community uh, that believes in child marriage uh, and they are not poor they are uh, well off uh, they, they are exporters uh, you know so they uh, are a community that has settled in Delhi from uh, Farukabad it's the Saad community um, so there are there are there are several layers to it a law cannot address all the layers law will be a general law that will apply and the law gives a message that you have to stop certain things but we also are aware that laws are very poorly implemented so the child marriage law has been there in place for a very long time in 2006 it was amended it was amended uh, to prohibit child marriages completely And certain provisions were brought in, uh, you know, which, uh, you know, despite being a social legislation, there were certain criminal provisions brought into the law. So the punishment uh, became uh, more stringent. And it said that anyone who participates in a child marriage, uh, uh, you know, can be uh, punished. But there is one thing that has been there in the child marriage law uh, for a very long time, which is uh, getting an injunction to stop a child marriage from taking place. And our experience on ground has been that that injunction order is never obtained by authorities at all. So what happens is that if the child marriage prohibition officer comes to know that a child marriage is going to be solemnized, at best they will seek an undertaking from the parents saying that we are not going to get our daughter married or our son married underage and we'll wait until they complete uh, 18 years or 21 years and that undertaking has no value so that's that's uh you know uh, there's a tacit understanding between the authorities and the community that we'll give this undert- undertaking and things will be sorted uh, the injunction order is not something that anyone uses So, we haven't really uh, used that law. We've seen, um, you know, um, uh, people contesting elections actually going to the villages and saying that don't worry, there'll be no police action against you uh, in cases of child marriage. They've given those promises. Um, We saw that in Rajasthan, for instance. Um, So, there isn't really that, uh, you know, on the ground, there isn't a will either from the authorities or from the communities to use the law, as it were. And then to completely base all your action only on the law makes no sense. So, there are several factors. Uh, There are social factors. uh, There are beliefs. There are norms. And there's much more to it today. And the much more lies in the fact that there is poverty, which is increasing there is unemployment, which is increasing. Uh, you know, the NFHS data tells you in Assam, for instance, uh, you know, uh, women who completed 10 years or more of schooling is only 29.6% for the state of Assam. Um, and that's not, not my data, that's NFHS 5 that's telling you. So, uh, you know, you've got to look at those aspects. Uh, there are states which have uh, tried to address some of these issues um, through the conditional cash transfer schemes. In West Bengal, for instance, there's Kanya Shri and Rupa Shri and those kind of schemes are there. Uh, every state has some or the other conditional cash transfer scheme. Um, and that has, to some degree, actually uh, you know, um, brought a brought a change and, and has resulted in decline in child marriages to some extent. Uh, it hasn't worked the way it should have worked. It hasn't uh, necessarily reached all those who deserve conditional cash, uh, deserve to benefit from such schemes. Uh, so, you know, a lot more work is required at that end. Um, the other, uh, the other in- growing concern of parents today is a rise in sexual crimes against girls and you know so uh, most parents when you talk to them they feel that it's better that she gets married and uh, you know at least uh, you know before something drastic happens to her in terms of uh, sexual assault Um, and we've got some very strange policies as well for instance uh, when the child labor law was amended uh, it was amended and it brought in a category of adolescent labor, saying that children can go to work except in hazardous occupations and processes. And those hazardous occupations processes are limited to factories, mines and explosives. But otherwise, children, adolescents are allowed to be working. Uh, you, if you, when you don't have employment in your village, you're bound to be going outside for work. And people don't want their daughters to go outside to work alone. So it's better to get them married and then they can go and work. So we've actually created those conditions. It's not just about social norms and beliefs anymore. There's more to it. And all of that needs to be factored in when you're planning any intervention to deal with child marriage. So can the crackdown uh,
2: in Assam be termed like illegal in any way? That's that's also a question a lot of people are asking and uh, especially booking these men under POXO, but just the reading of the law, it sounds like it sort of fits in, right? Because you have proof that there has been sexual intercourse, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, uh, uh, how do we sort of understand this kind of uh, uh, reading of law and implementation?
0: Uh well, we have these uh, strange laws in place. I mean, the POXO Act was meant to be protecting children and not uh, criminalizing them and taking all protections away from them. Um, and in recent times, we've also heard the Chief Justice of India talk about lowering the age of consent, considering lowering the age of consent, which was raised to 18 years. Uh, so there is a problem there, and we need to resolve that as much. Uh, but, uh, to treat cases of child marriage as cases of sexual assault is the most, um, uh, I, I think it's, it's the most weird interpretation of law. Uh, a lot of people get into this that, you know, uh, child marriages are voidable. They are not void, ab initio. Uh, so they remain valid marriages and therefore, uh, you know, uh, why would you want valid marriages to be uh, criminalized uh, and penalised under the pocso act well that's one um, argument but my argument is that uh, you know uh, even if all uh, child marriages were void you still do not have a right to criminalize uh, you know uh, children who have already been in marriage and not opted out of it uh, so the, the 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 good thing about making child marriages voidable is that it gives you an option to move out of it if you're not uh, uh, if you don't want to be married underage. Again, I'll say the law has not been used. Cases of annulment have been filed and they have been successful uh, cases. So it's not as if you can't use that provision of law. If you want law to be used, then it has to be used. From the very first point of getting injunctions, that does not work. Seeking annulment, etc. Um, but to use draconian provisions of POXO Act, because and I call it draconian because the minimum punishment now uh, is 20 years if there is repeated sex, right? And in a marriage, there will be repeated sex. So the minimum is 20 years, and it can also go up to life. Uh, And uh, there is a death sentence as well. So imagine a couple that is happily married, they have uh, consummated marriage, there's procreation, children born out of marriage, and then suddenly the man is uh, sent off for uh, 20 years. Because it's statutory rape, it's statutory sexual assault. So that law definitely needs to change. As far as action in Assam is concerned, uh, it has come too late. You know, you don't uh, arrest two things that I want to say. Agreed that the offenses are uh, made out are cognizable and non-bailable, but every cognizable cognizable and non-bailable offense does not necessarily have to invite arrest. So the arrests that were made were uh, in many ways, uh, you know, arbitrary. They were arbitrary and in violation of certain Supreme Court judgments, whether it's the DK Pasu judgment of the Supreme Court, where it says that you have to inform the person you are arresting on the about the grounds for arrest. You haven't done that. Um, it's violative of the CRPC, where it says, uh, you know, Section 41 and 41A. So, uh, you know, um, no notices were given to people uh, when you were making sudden arrests like this. You didn't feel the need to even file an FIR in all these years, and suddenly you want to take action. So the delay in FIR is again something which, uh, you know, should invite, uh, you know, some legal action against the authorities. Why, what were you waiting for all these years? You knew it, that there were these child marriages that had taken place. If you look at the crime data from Assam, you know, the number of cases registered under child marriage, uh, you know, is 155 cases, all of Assam. This is uh, 2021 NCRB data so you didn't want to take action in the place in the first place and suddenly you take this action after after long uh, uh delay of so many years so that is is something that should be legally questioned is what i'll say
2: uh, one thing is that also i mean one comment is that also the fact that the chief minister called the marriages illegal and uh, whether or not it is valid in law but you know it's it's sort of uh, sort of speaks volumes in the kind of atmosphere that has you know, been created. And secondly, also, you know, the retrospective sort of arrests, uh, as you mentioned, you know, the the arrests that have been made uh, so many years after the marriage has taken place. I also wanted to understand the technicality, whether the child marriage prohibition is primarily supposed to prevent child marriages. From what you're saying, most of the action is supposed to happen around the event of the marriage event of the wedding and not like years after is that what you're trying to say yeah
0: absolutely so that's why i said injunction when you know that a marriage is going to take place and if you can't stop a child marriage it has already happened then you let it be you know it then it's avoidable marriage then you let it be at the option of the both of both the parties in the marriage whether they want to continue or stay out of it
2: that, is, that has never been clarified uh, uh, in any sort of, uh, I don't know, order judgment or, or is just something that people thought in their wisdom to do and, you know, it's never been sort of uh, put down in writing or I'm just wondering.
0: It hasn't, you know, because a lot of debate around child marriages has happened more uh, on the lines of uh, age and to religion. You know, so, uh, 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 you know, even when you look at judgments, judgments have said, okay, Muslim personal law allows, so therefore, uh, uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, So much engagement has been around age and and religion. Uh, Very little engagement has been on what the law really says. What is it trying to do? And again, to reiterate, the law is saying stop child marriages. If you can't stop them, then give the option uh, to both the parties to move out of it.
2: Could argue that the act is being implemented you know like you could argue that it's being implemented for the first time because some people could argue that you know first for after a long time people are talking about child marriage and uh you know it is being implemented and you know even if it's not probably perfect but you know at least it's trying to do something so what happens when uh, the state sort of decides to do something very suddenly you know like how in Maharashtra they had decided to you know take off MTP pills and you know you had to give prescription etc. Which is completely valid and is there in the law, but it sort of removed MTP from the market, MTP pills from the market uh, for a while. So MTP is abortion pills. So uh, uh, so you know like uh, what what happens you know when you don't uh, take into consideration the ecosystem before you sort of storm in.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's good that suddenly the authorities have woken up to implement the law, but then they have to implement the law from that date, not retrospectively. Uh, When it's implemented retrospectively, then we've all seen, uh, you know, we've seen the immediate impact and the long term is something I've already spoken about, because it's really going to take years to get the trust back and get people to, uh, you know, start uh, um, actually looking at uh, their lives, looking at uh, how to get back to normalcy. Uh, We're going to keep them away from a lot of schemes, which otherwise could have reached them, which is going to put them in far worse situations, especially girls. Um, I also see a backlash in the form of uh, increased trafficking of girls something we had not thought about but when things go in hiding when things go in hiding then that's what happens because you you know you can't feed your uh, children you can't send them to school for various reasons you have no work nothing you have you will find ways to get rid of them and trafficking is going to increase from these areas um so we've got to think about uh, all of that, you know, before we ca- crack down, uh, you know, as, as as you said, what what happened in Maharashtra, uh, there were no pills. Uh, so people who were uh, using pills had no access to those uh, services. Similarly here, uh, you know, uh, there, there will be, to, to say that now we are going to put rehabilitation packages in place is not going to work. Who's going to come forward for before your rehabilitation package? They've lost their trust in you. So it's not, it's not the way it works. We first choose and decide to turn them into victims. We choose and make them victims. You know, they have not said we are victims. So we decide that they are victims. Then we want to give them a rehabilitation plan after taking away everything which otherwise seemed normal to them and the rehabilitation plan at best will uh, say okay take the keep the girls in institutions in short stay homes or uh, long stay homes whatever they may be um uh, and and uh, you know teach them a little bit of kadhai bunai silai you know some stitching tailoring some kind of vocational uh, stuff which will have no employment opportunities uh, in future so uh, that's not how things work. At this point of time, it's important that, uh, uh, you know, legal aid comes forward and those whose uh, men are in jails, they receive legal aid. It's important to win their trust back, uh, to let them know that we are there with them and uh, and take it forward from there. But then, uh, like I said, it's important to win the trust back. It won't happen otherwise.
2: So, I also wanted to understand that, you know, how how have, have different state governments or, you know, tackled uh, child marriages so far, you know, like, are there any good practices that, you know?
0: There are, there are several good practices, uh, you know, and in this day and age uh, where so much is being, yeah, and, you know, I mean... um. Uh, the other day, I think the Hindu or the Indian Express carried a write-up on what the Orissa government has planned. Um, so they have, uh, you know, actually engaged the police in reaching out with uh, to people with awareness campaigns around uh, child marriage, and uh, you know, so you need you need those proactive measures rather than uh, you know a, a crackdown using law as as a weapon. So they've used protectors of law to reach out communities with awareness programs is a brilliant idea. And in the past, we've also seen, uh, you know, how it's worked, uh, Huck Center for Child Rights, uh, the organization that I represent, has worked in West Bengal and Rajasthan, uh, with uh, uh, Jabala in West Bengal, and Mahila Janadikar Samiti in Rajasthan. And, you know, uh, with with very limited resources we've been able to see results there uh, what we did was that we um we mobilized community leaders religious leaders uh religious leaders started uh, uh you know uh, uh, campaigns against child marriage and that helped that really worked so uh, they they wouldn't uh, issue any any uh, marriage certificate uh, if they knew that the, uh, it was an underage marriage. And you've got to uh, take those community leaders into confidence uh, to deal with an issue like this. So that helped. We uh, formed groups of adolescent girls and boys, not just girls. It's not only about girls. So you've got to work with both girls and boys when you want to deal with such an issue. And adolescence is one age where, when there's so much happening. Some marriages are forced and some are also self-choice marriages. So if you're not going to talk and talk about these issues, uh, again, connect them to reproductive and sexual health rights. It, it, it doesn't really work. So we, we formed these adolescent girls and boys groups. They were the ones who then took on the leadership against uh, child marriage. Uh, you didn't have to impose on them impositions don't work you you have to get people to understand what the problem is and how best to deal with their problems the solutions also have to be local solutions they can't be thrown and pushed down people's uh, guts so uh, you know there are and that these experiments are not just something that are done by hack there are other organizations on the ground also working uh, you know uh, on similar lines and have shown results uh, we have, for instance, in uh, in both in West Bengal, West Bengal, there was a football team of girls, and the Rajasthan uh, uh, Mahila Adhikar Samiti decided also decided to uh, you know empower girls through sports, and that has also worked very well. It has retained girls in the school uh, system. Uh, the The parents are very happy to see their girls play football. Imagine in Rajasthan, uh, you know, uh, which is a veiled society otherwise. Uh, There were girls wearing shorts. Initially, there were inhibitions, but they got into shorts. They played football. And when the parents saw them achieving, uh, you know, doing well, uh, they felt that it's okay if they could continue. And that helped them also stay in the school system. Uh, So, there are several good practices. They just need to be scaled up. They just need to be replicated and scaled up.
2: I'm just wondering whether there will be some sort of a movement towards how the law is sort of framed because it clearly can be misused,
0: I mean. See, uh, when the child marriage law was being framed, uh, there was a lot of debate and discussion between uh, women's rights groups and child rights groups. Uh, Child rights groups felt that uh, all children under 18 have to be protected by all means, uh, you know, and child marriage is a crime, including huck, at HAC also, we, we had taken that stand uh, at that time. But uh, when we started working on this issue, it actually opened our eyes. And today, we take a stand that, yes, we don't want our daughters and sons to be married underage or early. We don't want them to get into trouble. But the way out is not in the law. The way out lies somewhere else. Work towards behavior change communication. Let our girls uh, continue to be in school. Uh, let's help them, uh, you know, uh, help retain them in the school education system. Now, you can't privatize uh, secondary and higher school education to the extent that people can't afford it. It's not a fundamental right. No fundamental right to education stops at the age 14. What after that? How are you going to retain them in the school system? And uh, uh, especially for people who can't afford privatized education. So we probably need to extend uh, the uh, 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 right to education up to 18 years. Some of those things, those changes have to come in. If at all changes have to come through law, then the legal changes that we require are at the ends of making education compulsory up to 18. The legal changes we require is, uh, you know, uh, on the child child labor law, for instance, uh, which uh, uh, allows adolescent labor so and and child marriage the more you make retributive laws the less you will achieve that has been the experience in all these years a law was needed when there was need for social reform we got that law and the and then we did not implement it. So suddenly, if you if you're going to try implement a law, which also has one retributive uh, provision, and use that just just that one retributive position, uh, provision to achieve your goals, it's not going to work. You'll have more people in jails. You'll have to fend for them as them, them as well. And then a lot more left behind for whom you'll have no backup, no schemes whatsoever. Sponsorship schemes haven't been rolled out, you know, Mission Vatsalya talks about sponsorship scheme and nothing, you know, except during COVID that too when the Supreme Court came down heavily and said that you've got to, uh, you know, ensure that uh, children don't fall out of need and need uh, 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 out of care and protection. You've got to ensure that children who are sent back from childcare institutions to their families, are able to continue and connect with the education system with the help of some sponsorship. But that was just it. Uh, you know, After COVID, we again forgot all about sponsorship. So those schemes have to be rolled out. More preventive action is required rather than rescue and rehabilitation. Who are you rescuing?
2: Rescuing them from what? I mean, that, I guess, works even with sex work, everything. I mean, trafficking, all of them. Rescue rehabilitation doesn't seem to work. I mean,
0: that. Uh, and it, communities will find a way. Uh, you know, community community rehabilitation programs have been more successful. So let communities evolve their own ways. They will, and they'll be more sustainable measures rather than, uh, you know, uh, imposing... A, again, you know, imposing a scheme is not going to work let communities evolve their own mechanisms. So strengthen those community-level mechanisms. It's sad that Mission Vatsalya has always... It's today called Mission Vatsalya. It used to be the Integrated Child Protection Scheme. It has always had a component of uh, establishing uh, village-level child protection committees. But there's never been a budget for that. The least that we spend, if you look at budget for children the least that we spend on is child protection. And why? Because the only way we want to protect children is through uh, laws which are uh, which have retributive provisions. So unless we start investing in child protection by strengthening families, you know, not the other way around.
2: Uh, yeah, so thanks a lot. I mean, this was uh, uh, quite illuminating because, you know, I was trying to contextualize, you know, this whole... Law and how we sort of understand it, you know, this this particular mode of implementation.
1: Thank you for
0: listening to this episode. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now.